0: Welcome, everyone, to the Money Mentors podcast. My name is Glenn Fairburn, and I co-host this program with Nathan Leah. Nathan and I are both directors and private client advisors at Hewelson at Private Wealth, which is one of Australia's leading independent financial planning and wealth management firms. Um, the objective of our podcast is to improve financial literacy and financial awareness. Uh, this week, Nathan and I have a chat about whether a downturn is around the corner, what the impact may be, but more importantly, how to position your portfolio to protect against a downturn and and what you can do to minimise uh, the impact of a a market correction. Um, Once again, this podcast is of a general nature, um, so please seek specialist advice before implementing anything that we um, discuss. I hope you enjoy the podcast.
1: Welcome everybody to this week's episode. Uh, Glenn, you and I both recently listened to uh, a, a podcast where a guy by the name of Peter Schiff, uh, who is a, a US uh, asset manager slash maybe pseudo-economist, um, he, he had quite some strong views on the current state of play in the US. He's It's fair to say he's very bearish. He thinks that um, the, the market has been... Pumped up by firstly quantitative easing and then also low interest rates for some time, really since the 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 GFC around ten years ago. Um, he is somewhat well known for calling the 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 GFC, where well really the the correction in property prices over in the US. Um, so look, this I guess you know we were chatting about this and it just got us thinking um, that you know markets have been having a, a strong run, I suppose, for the last several years. Um, there is an argument to say that that asset prices, not, not only in the US, but globally are uh, inflated. Uh, so we want to just have a little bit of discussion about this and uh, kind of around the concept of how you can, perhaps if you're an everyday investor, what you can do to protect your portfolio to recession proof your portfolio. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll cover off on a few things today. In regards to this, so Glenn, before I guess we get into it, I mean, you you listen to the uh, the podcast also, Peter Schiff. What would you uh, anything you'd like to start off with?
0: Oh, look, I think he had a, a lot of interesting things to say. I mean, he he's sort of regarded as sort of a free mar- market capitalist, where you know he he sort of subscribes to the theory that there should be very little government intervention, and his belief was that it was the federal government policy that sort of resulted in the in the previous GFC um, as a result of the housing bubble effectively bursting and the ramifications from that. Now he's obviously saying that, as you were mentioning, as a result of the quantitative easing where the government's just pumping cash into the economy, pushing interest rates to all-time lows, that we're just creating another bubble, whether that's through equity markets and obviously property markets are going up as well. And he just thinks that obviously it's a, it's a it's um, not a very good sign. The economy, although on the, on the face of it, looks as though it's performing quite strongly, actually isn't. Um, But but I think as we would and as we've spoken about a number of times on our podcast, it's it's almost – well, it is impossible to predict the top of the market and or the bottom of the market, isn't it? And our sort of theory is that within any cycle or whatever stage of the cycle you're at, it's always important to, yes, position your portfolio for growth but also to project against the downside – um, because you know, it's in, in a rising market, in particular. If you look at the U.S. market, that's been in a ten-year bull market, you could just—I mean—you could throw darts at dartboards and probably make money, couldn't you, through the through the stock market, even though it's mainly been driven by sort of the technology sector, um, which is you know started to come off in the last few days or so. Um, but I, I think true the true value of of prudent portfolio management comes to the surface during the downturn, doesn't it? So I, I think. You know, within any downturn, on average, one every seven years, you need to have your portfolio positioned so that you're not a forced seller, whether that's through targeting cash flow. But I think even having an allocation of those assets that can protect you from that downside because you know, although there's perhaps more reports now about an impending downturn, we're, we're seeing the property market in Australia come off a little bit. So Melbourne and Sydney, there's been reports that Sydney prices have come off 10%, whether that's going to come off further, it's really anyone's guess. Um, but on the equity side of things, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that people were calling the top of the market then, wasn't it? And, and obviously, that hasn't happened. So, there's, it's always fraught with danger, I think, where you, you try and, um, you know, shift your strategy or your asset allocation because of a particular view on the market. Because I think more often than not, I mean, you can get it right, but more often than not, you probably get it wrong, don't you? So, I think it's just a matter of positioning the portfolio that you can benefit from the upside. Um, but perhaps sacrificing a little bit of that upside so you're also protecting against the downside
1: and yeah definitely we're not saying that we necessarily think that what this guy believes is going to play out it's more you know we listen to a a podcast where he spoke and you know try to gather information from from different sources and i'm sure for every uh negative guy there's a, a positive guy on the other side of it so that's what makes the the markets work i suppose There's there's buyers and sellers on each side, so and the
0: negative news stories will always get more coverage, won't they? I mean, it's sort of yeah. that that, that yeah. click mentality where you know if you want to get um, listeners or if you want to get readers, subscribers, you really need to be a little bit sensationalist, don't you? And unfortunately, the human brain's wired to be attracted to bad news, isn't it? So it's always going to be that bad news, the the pessimistic side that's going to draw people in. Um, but I, I think there's probably no doubt that at some point we will experience a downturn, but as to when that is and how severe that's going to be, it's anyone's guess.
1: Yeah, well, recessions are, are definitely uh, part of every economy, and as you said earlier, they, on average, happen maybe every seven or so years, so they, they shouldn't you shouldn't be afraid of a recession, it's more about how do you deal with it when, when it happens. So maybe we'll, we'll talk through a few things today that you can look to implement to, you know, recession-proof your portfolio to a degree, uh, and, and hopefully that will keep you in good stead for the for the long term so um so what can you do if you're let's say you are you know you listen to people like this and you are quite fearful of what could lie ahead in terms of global markets uh whether it's equity market shares equities uh property or even like the bond market you know there's, there's fears that the bond market could could have a big sell-off so what can you do to uh recession proof your portfolio I'll, I'll kick it off glenn with 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 one look probably the most obvious one uh diversification the the 101 really of investing uh the whole concept around spreading your your investments across across different asset classes so you know generally speaking different asset classes are are, are not going to move in sync so if one if one goes up another might go down and vice versa so that's probably the the first thing as a concept that we would say you can do to protect your portfolio?
0: Yeah, and I think also um, in addition to having exposure to different asset classes, so cash, fixed interest, shares, property, alternatives, whatever it may be, I think it's also important to have diversification within those asset classes because fixed interest as an example is one asset class but different different um, investments within fixed interest can perform differently at different times. So you might have one fixed interest investment that's a fixed rate of income So, in a falling interest rate environment, that's going to become more valuable. So, if you've got a bond that's paying you a fixed rate of income, um, then that's going to perform better in a falling interest rate environment. Whereas, if you've got a fixed interest investment with a variable rate of interest, perhaps that's not going to do as well in a falling interest rate environment. But in a rising environment, um, we'll obviously perform quite strongly. So, I think having a bit of a mix of different types of fixed interest as well just to get you a smoother return over time because people just think fixed interest, oh, it's a term deposit. Well, if you put all your money in a long-term term term deposit and then interest rates go up, then you're losing out. So I think it's a matter of just making sure that you've got, um, if we're looking at fixed interest, exposure to maybe some fixed interest that's um, variable, some that's fixed and even the fixed side of things having a bit of a mix between longer data and shorter data because the interest rate cycle is just impossible to predict. Um, People were thinking that rates would have risen in Australia by now and in the US a lot quicker but that sort of hasn't happened. So if you had the feeling or the or the um, strategy that was um, aligned with r- rising interest rates, um, and you went to a more variable um, fixed interest portfolio, it probably wouldn't have done you many favours in the more recent time. So I think it's diversification between asset classes, but also within the asset classes as well. De-
1: definitely. I mean, great example with fixed income, and obviously equities is a, another obvious one or anything for that matter. But with equities, you don't want to be, for example, loaded up in financial stocks or whatever it might be so you know you want to spread across you know whether it's healthcare tech finance companies you, you just want a good mix for the exact same reasons you just spoke about then um, so so yeah that was the first one in terms of diversification um, another thing that strong piece of advice that I would offer to all listeners is don't try to time the market so you might have a view that uh, markets are expensive um, the the tempting thing maybe is to to sit in cash and wait for your uh, fears or your premonitions to play out. Um, once again, we've we've touched on this m- many times in our podcast, but just to reiterate, don't try and time the market because if you sit in cash, you could be sitting in cash for a long time and watch market sail. Uh, we would you know propose that you invest now, have a strategy in place that can handle if a recession does hit next. Next year or whatever it might be,
0: yeah. I think also just in relation to timing the markets, it's one of those things that you shouldn't have. You shouldn't be waiting till now to act within your portfolio in a rising market. Ideally, what you should have been doing is taking profits along the way, anyway. So the portfolio management process is an ongoing thing. It's not something that you wait until perhaps a point that you think the market might come off. It should be an ongoing thing where you're taking profits in a rising market and then looking for opportunities in a falling market. But I agree with you in regards to cash. I mean, if you're selling out of an asset now because you think that, you know, we're at the top of the market or there's an impending downturn, the question I often ask clients is, okay, if you want to sell, when are you then going to buy back in? Because through our experience, what we find is that most people, you know, they don't become comfortable buying back in until the market's above where they sold out. So it's really pointless, that sort of strategy, because it's just – you know, yes, you can time it sometimes, but most of the time you can't.
1: Hmm. Yeah, good luck if you can get it right. But we've just found throughout our experience, it's very hard for people to, you know, get calls right because it's a it's a very complex, tricky market out there. So uh, that's the second piece of advice, I, I suppose. The third one um, is to have a, a strategy in place. So you've you've invested the money, you've you've diversified. Uh, it's very important that if whatever plays out plays out like a recession, that you have. Uh, the ability to act and you have a uh, hopefully a predetermined approach in place do you want to maybe talk through how you might go about that i
0: think it's also having the discipline and diligence with your strategy because when as, as we've spoken about in our previous podcast about you know not not necessarily just focusing on returns what you need to do is take the emotion out of your portfolio management process and and have a strategy and have a perhaps a target return that 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 strategy can, can generate over a long period of time and not get carried away when markets are, are strong um, because I suppose in a rising market, there's always that temptation to perhaps change your strategy because you think, oh, maybe I can do a little bit better if I have more in shares because they're doing well. It does take a lot of discipline and diligence to stick to your strategy and, and not deviate too far away just because markets are perhaps performing better in one asset class than another and chasing those returns. So I think it does take a lot of discipline and, and, you know, taking the emotion out of the equation, doesn't it? Because we've seen many times that people just get carried away, don't they? They want to change their strategy because, you know, they want to get a better return. Um, But as a result of that, you're obviously going up the risk curve as well, aren't you? So it's probably, as you were saying, it's have a strategy and stick to it and don't deviate from it through any cycle.
1: And we we refer to the uh, the way we do it at Hewson Private Wealth, the way we manage portfolios is via rebalancing back to, the, the uh i guess predetermined or agreed asset allocation so uh you know by virtue of that if, if if markets go on a tear and your exposure to a particular asset class goes up you know you will as you said glenn you will be forced to take action and and, and take profit or sell maybe some of those um those investments that have appreciated and vice versa if a recession does hit and and let's say shares are probably the obvious one or even property maybe do fall, um, well, that's when you know, your strategy is going to be telling you that you need to top up those asset classes. So hopefully, your portfolio is equipped to do that with liquidity and, and you have fixed income cash, whatever it might be. Um, so you can make that, rebalance your portfolio and make those changes.
0: And that's why, as I was saying earlier, with regards to your fixed interest exposure, if there is a downturn, you want to have the resources to take advantage of that, now, if you've got all your fixed interest investment in a long-dated fixed interest investment... Like that, a US Treasury, yeah, for like, example. Or, or, I'm more or so something you can't like, sell. Yeah, like yeah. something you can't sell, like a yeah. five-year term deposit, it's not going to be very helpful. Yeah. So that's why aside from, you know, blending your fixed interest exposure across variable and fixed, um, fixed rates, it's also important to have fixed interest exposure that you can access as well. So that's where quite often you, you look at corporate bonds at the moment and look, the interest rates are really low Um, and and some of their prices have come off recently because there's the expectation that rates will go up. But I suppose the price that you pay for that low rate of return is that you can access it at short notice. So you can sell it today and buy shares today. So you might look at it on the face of it and think, why would I want to invest in a corporate bond when the rates are 3%? Um, But the advantage of that particular investment is that you can. It's very. It's highly liquid, so you can sell it today and have have the funds available. So y- yes, as part of that portfolio rebalancing process, to make it effective, you need to have the assets that are liquid, so that you can act when when you need to.
1: Sure. So the next point that we want to talk about is just the concept of investing in quality. Uh, so you know, throughout during a, re- a recession, look, we're not saying that uh, quality is necessarily not going to fall as much as everything else, because you know, during a, for example, an equity downturn. Uh, even you know, the, the best quality companies can have significant falls yeah. as we for example during the GFC 10 years ago we we saw that in global markets really but having said that they might they if you stick to quality and what I mean by quality is companies with strong balance sheets low debt good cash flow they may fall with the rest of the market for example but they're probably more inclined to be able to recover quickly to get out of a recession quicker than than those companies that are highly levered and yeah. you know don't have a lot of cash flow for, or generate a lot of uh, revenue or profit, for example. So, yeah, that's just another another point. You know, in terms of your portfolio, um, just just stick to quality, and that's probably going to keep you in good stead.
0: Yeah, I, I think the the proof's in the pudding there that we saw during the GFC. I mean, all, most not wouldn't say all companies, but most companies' share prices fell. Um, but it was the, you know, there's not necessarily a, a direct link between share price performance. And underlying financial performance and some people think that there's that sort of correlation between that um, but you know just because a company's share price has fallen 50% doesn't mean that their earnings has fallen 15% so if you're in a position where it's a good quality investment that can sort of withstand that short-term downturn then over time it should recover and most, most of those good quality companies that you know who, who saw share prices fall quite dramatically during the global financial crisis have, have recovered and gone beyond where they were even before the GFC. And
1: a good strategy would have you topping up a good quality company that yeah, falls. Right. Um, so yeah, you're going to benefit from that, obviously, when the recovery happens. So um, yeah, invest in in quality. Um, another another point, I feel like we've touched on this already in the discussion, but just having a, a nimble portfolio where, or, or, or a liquid portfolio where you can call on uh, cash if you need to, if it's fixed income you need to access quickly. We spoke about having some maybe shorter dated um, fixed income investments as well. I mean, you could have the best portfolio in the world, but if you can't liquidate any of it to to buy things as they fall in value, it's probably not going to do you any good.
0: Yeah, I think also as part of that rebalancing process, the important thing to understand is that Rebalancing on the way up can compromise your return, and what I mean by that is that if the share market's going up, then you actually want a higher allocation to shares, if, if you know, to get a, to get a greater performance. So if you're pegging that back, you are compromising your return a little bit. So it's important to understand that. But that's where portfolio management is. Yes, it's about return, but it's also about risk management, um, because on, on the way up, you are going to be taking profits from an asset class that. That may continue to go up so just because you're rebalancing doesn't mean that you're selling out at the top you may be selling out on the way up um to, to a particular peak um so just bear that in mind that you are going to be foregoing a little bit of return but our our argument there would be that that's a necessary action to make sure that your portfolio is not sort of deviating away from a strategy and not getting to a, a risk level that that's not appropriate for your situation
1: definitely um, protecting the downside is so important we've spoken about that quite a few times um Glenn, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw a question to you but I'll introduce it by just explaining that in our thir- uh, our 30th uh, yeah number 30 episode 30 of the podcast we spoke about gold um, now quite often gold is spoken about in terms of uh, I guess as a hedge against your portfolio yeah you know recession proofing your portfolio um, I mean we, we we dedicated this a podcast to this discussion where we spoke about the longer-term performance of gold as it's 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 been um, I guess it's underperformed equity well, it's markets
0: flat isn't it
1: Well it's underperformed equity markets but probably where it shows it can provide its value is in a down market Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll I'll I mean we we did address this in the pod that podcast but just for the sake of this podcast how would you Kind of think about the concept of putting gold in a portfolio to maybe recession-proof it.
0: I think gold, from, from in my view, gold is a very short-term investment because it, it's one of those things that if there is a downturn, then gold's going to do well. Like if, if there's concerns about inflation or that you know equity markets are going to fall, then there's that flight to safety. So you will see gold do well as a result of that. Um, but the way that we invest is is all about the long-term strategy. So if you buy gold now when do you sell out of it? Do you hang on to it or do you wait till it starts coming off? Because, look, throughout history, we've, we've experienced downturns, but there's more upturns than downturns. So if you're taking a longer-term view, my, my sort of comment with regards to gold is that, it, yes, if, if there's a downturn, it might do well, but it's not going to be generating any cash flow. So I, I think the way that we prefer to position portfolios is that they generate strong, reliable cash flow throughout any cycle. So is it such a big concern if part of your portfolio has reduced in value so long as that cash flow continues to flow through and you're not forced to sell. So that, that's probably my biggest issue with gold is it doesn't generate that cash flow and I would think of it more of a short-term type investment. A lot of people jumped into gold prior to the um, US election in, in the fear that um, Donald Trump would get in and mm-hmm. he did but the price of yep. gold went down. So I, I just think it's too speculative in nature for most investors um, but those who are timing the market and perhaps trading the market would probably be more inclined to, um, to look at gold.
1: Yeah, they think gold would be there for, a, uh, for, for the reason to protect your portfolio. You're not probably not going to use gold if you want to grow your portfolio. It's probably more there as a preservation tool.
0: Um, and, and, it, and it minimizes the impact of a downturn. Like If the share yeah. market falls, then gold will go up. Yeah. So you, you're sort of offsetting that, that, that loss yeah, a little it's bit. bit. Of, it's a bit of a hedge Unrealized loss.
1: It's a bit of a hedge and look, some people put it in your, I mean, we definitely wouldn't propose going and timing when to buy gold, but like now, for example, but some people actually will have gold as a, a long-term staple of their portfolio, whether it's a small allocation to gold, whatever yeah. it might be. So look, we're not saying necessarily don't put gold in your portfolio. It probably comes down to the individual objectives like anything really yeah, I think so. when you construct a portfolio. Um, Glenn, is, is, more, is more cash the answer if you want to? recession proof your portfolio
0: oh, I, I th- that's another real difficult one i mean i, I think that yes cash will re- perhaps recession proof but at the moment it's the worst possible time in history to be holding cash because the rates of income are quite low so I, I think it really comes back to investing in quality having that diversification because there are opportunities where you can generate higher level of income yes they're perhaps higher up the risk scale a little bit um but in assets that perhaps won't be as impacted by a downturn so i'd caution against holding too much cash the school of thought is maybe a year's worth of um, income in cash Um, but once again that's dependent on sort of the cash flow that's being generated by your portfolio yeah
1: look probably a similar kind of concept around the gold discussion we just had then it's not going to give you the best return well cash definitely won't give you the best returns but uh yeah so it's it's probably a similar discussion around the, the, the gold side of things um so any, any other points around portfolio protection, recession-proofing your portfolio before we uh, look to wrap it up, then?
0: Look, as I said earlier, it's really just a matter of taking the emotion out of it, not, not taking too much notice of the noise within, within the media because there, there will be a lot of noise, um, but just remaining disciplined. So sticking to your strategy, rebalancing, taking profits on the way up. And then, you know, as far as a downturn goes, that, that's the opportunities for a long-term investor to perhaps pick up some value.
1: Sure. So just to summarize and wrap up and summarize the discussion today uh, around the whole concept around if a recession does happen, how can you have a, a, a well equipped portfolio to, to deal with that? Uh, we spoke about diversification, having a well rounded, diversified portfolio. We spoke about not trying to time the market because that can, can be quite dangerous. Spoke about having a, a good quali- a, a strategy in place, uh, whether that's rebalancing and taking uh, the emotion out of it, investing quality. Uh, and have a, a nimble and, and portfolio with some liquidity. So if you do need to make changes to it, you can actually do that. Just in closing, I'd say don't be afraid of a recession because we know that recessions will happen, uh, you know, throughout history. They'll, throughout most people's lifetimes, you'll see, uh, you know, several different recessions. So have a portfolio that's uh, high quality that can handle it. and um, And, you know, maybe a recession can be an opportunity to you know, make some wealth because often it's a, it's a good time to be a buyer when, when things are depressed in price. So thanks once again for listening to this week's episode and we look forward to having you again next week. Thanks everybody for listening again to another episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, if you enjoy the, the content, please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good po- podcasting app. Um, once again, please check out our major sponsors' website, hewison private wealth um so just just search for hewison private wealth online also check out hewison private wealth's um social media channels facebook linkedin or twitter um thanks again we'll see you next week